So we're going to be talking about question number five on day three, as far as I feel that this process is going to require quite a bit of knowledge to be able to stand alone. Am I off base here or can this topic be addressed? Question mark. So we will address that right here. The purpose of the entire crayon program now is to simplify all of this and put it in language that is more digestible by more people. We will take this opportunity to introduce the transition portion in the middle, which we are labeling as the orange layer or the intermediate level, or people that have heard a little bit of this stuff in the past. And now we are going to get them to a position where they can see all of the tree all at the same time. And now it's just up to them to go do a little bit of research on their own because there's the new answer with different words right in front of them. Now it'll be up to them to go see or determine how far or how fast they want to go. Next question. I remember back in March that Divergence said that the Minister of Finance in Canada and the Secretary of Treasury in the U.S. would be the destination of our entitlement orders. So let's just define that entitlement orders. Okay, so entitlement orders are when we've perfected our interests, when we've written certain things down, when we have attached valuable things to that agreement, we have delivered it to the people that should have these things. That should be, at the end of the day, the Minister of Finance or the Secretary of the State. But here's how we know it goes to where it needs to go. Because we're actually going to give it to the judge. And we're going to allow the judge to send it to wherever it actually needs to go. We don't really need to care where it goes. All we got to worry about is getting it to the judge. So he says that originally the destination for these um, orders, we were to take them to the securities intermediaries. Now, apparently Divergence is saying the Attorney General. If so, why did this change? The securities intermediaries, ideally, right now, are the judges. They are able to deal with all things. And I mean all things. You know, banks can deal with certain things. School boards can deal with certain things. But judges can deal with everything. Therefore, they are the securities intermediaries. What do they do with it after the judges have it? Well, now the judge calls up the Attorney General and says, Hey, I got a job for you. And then he calls up the Minister of Finance and says, Oh, we got a trust. We need you to convert. And then he lets the Minister of Education, Okay, the offspring of the creator of this trust, they're going to be entitled to special things too, and so on. This thing just starts to flower. It starts to unpeel like an onion. But the judge is the one who directs where this thing goes because he is the game master. So the securities intermediaries couldn't do that then? That is the securities intermediaries. A securities intermediaries is a licensed business or a brokerage acting as a clearinghouse negotiating certificates for the normal course of business. A courthouse does this more so than anything. So the Secretary of Treasury then can't do that? No, the Secretary of Treasury and the Minister of Finance are going to be instructed by the judges. So they get told what to do because that Minister of Finance and that Secretary of State, they are now your trustees. 
So it's just about taking your forms, your paperwork to the right player in the game that can make the changes necessary. And the right player in the game to guarantee everything works perfectly is the judges. Now again, this actually, this whole system, I'll just speed this up a little bit, the whole system is actually geared so properly that we don't even need to go to a judge. All of our paperwork actually gets directed to a master. A master knows exactly what to do with all this stuff when you give it to him. The master creates a report. That report then goes to a judge who just quickly looks it over and signs it because the judge knows the master has done a beautiful job of organizing this whole thing. And this whole thing is a big something. Question number seven, is the process for one aged from 18 to 25, would it be any different from those over 25 deemed lost at sea? And why would that be different? If so? Um, no, the process is going to be exactly the same. Atta if you're lost, you're lost. Attaining the age of majority, whenever that happens, um, you're still within the sphere of being the age of majority. It's not like the event came and went, and now you have to identify it as something else. No. Once you come into the wisdom, and as long as you're older than 18 or 23, but again, I would argue that you could take your claim to a judge and say, Judge, Your Honor, I'm only 16, but based on what I know, this is what I believe ought to happen. And just watch, a 16-year-old could pull this off. So now we have a question from Bill. What is the relevance of all capital letters? Citizenship, nationality. The relevance is, as soon as we are dealing with words that are all styled in the all caps format, we're dealing with strictly military jurisdiction and military matters. So why is that the case? Why are capital letters military? And what's the significance of that? Because that's not normal. So when things are not normal, they're abnormal. When things are normal, they're at peace. There's no need for war. There's no need for a military. So it's only when there are wars going on that there's need for a military. And they've adopted their entire own language by capitalizing everything. Now, the word capitalizing here actually has two meanings. Yes, you're looking at slightly larger and slightly different shaped letters on paper, but to capitalize also means ownership, and it also implies control, and it also means that they own you, and that they can do with you or us whatever they choose. So they actually set us up for war. Yes. Interesting. Because when we're at war, we're not at peace. And if you're not at peace, you cannot be with Christ. That makes you an enemy of the state. Okay, next question. Does a certificate of birth imply that the doctor definitely took blood? Uh, that's going to be a bit of a tougher one to answer. We're going to suggest by speculation, yes, they do. Yes, they do attach a footprint to a certain document, and apparently the Vatican gets their hands on all of this at the end of the day. But really, I would suggest, yes, they took blood samples. They took samples of everything. They've been taking samples of everything during the pregnancy. Mom's been given samples of herself to the system her whole life, and the system continues. So when they take possession or when they take control of our biological property that just got registered 
through an event that you participate in means that they now control you and can get you to do anything they want. And you actually can't complain. You are a person, a public... Citizen. Citizen, the player of the game. Interesting. Okay, so would people want to order multiple copies of their birth certificate to be able to perfect their interest and to proceed with this process? Um, I'm going to say no. You can only you know, get away with ordering the one. Order it specially. Fill out that application specially. Get the process started right now. Don't wait till you get the thing and then start perfecting an interest in it. Perfect the interest in the application for it. You can get a lot of stuff figured out. You can tell them a lot of information that may already have an automatic output. Maybe you're already changing your status because of the way you filled out the paperwork. Next question from Carol. I have a question about Facebook. Because it's a contract, should we leave it? And this also applies to Telegram. Uh, it's up to you. I mean, consciously, again, if this is part of our, our life daily, the way it goes, for in, in, in order to maintain a convenient lifestyle, stick with it as it goes. Don't worry about it for now. You know at the end of the day what the difference is, though, and you're not asleep. And that's where your intentions behind using the platform come into play. Again, Divergence, we use Facebook, we use YouTube, because those are platforms in which we can use to be able to get out our message. Yeah, and again, if your message is clean, and if your message is truthful, the fact checkers have a tough time fact checking anything I talk about. You know why? Because it's beyond their scope. Their radar doesn't have equity on it. They can't relate it to anything. Nobody in Google world has translated equity and then tried to develop a database for hot words to take out or away from the people. Yeah, no, that hasn't happened yet. She has another question about having a business that is connected to Facebook. She says, how do I work in equity then using these tools without being tricked into using people in the usury that we spoke of? Well, you know, I mean, you can literally, if you want to take it as far as Let's draft a general notice to Facebook. And I'm talking, this is going to be a hard-mailed document. That'll be sent to, you know, the, the proper administrative board, its shareholders, its, its members, etc., 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 for the intents and purposes of the following. And you just let them know a whole bunch of stuff. And as soon as they receive that mail, in equity, it's binding. You could now go do other stuff. If you wanted to start to direct how Facebook controls itself, you can now say, Your, Your Honor, I have a conflict with what this corporation is doing. And because I have priority as a man or woman, because I have my dominion, this is how Facebook is now going to change its policy. Right, Your Honor? And the judge is going to say, absolutely. The judge literally has the power to go right into Facebook and change Facebook. Our next question is from Jessica. I've been reading some of this information and I just want to ensure I understand correctly. I've learned of three women locally where I live that are now sovereign and call themselves ladies. Is that a different route than private? No, at the end of the day, it's, we're all heading in the same direction. I've referred to myself as Lord in the past. Um, 
I guess you could say I've never been with enough of a lady to have enough of an impact on trying to actually develop that one any further. But yeah, the concept is solid. It's sound. Again, it all goes back to feudal stuff, feudal times, all that Magna Carta type protocols and legislations that gave us all the rules of today. But yes, really, lady has a, a term of endearment attached to it, or it has a uh, a dignification or an element of respect attached to it. What it's actually saying is that her title has changed. Her status has changed. And she may know something about equity. So you may not want to mess around with a lady. Next question is from Nicholas. Uh, a question regarding this. Admins nations of Métis, uh, with Métis, with the clan of mothers, can be found at an appropriate website, which he's listed here in our chat document, which you can find, all born on the land, and they can join to be part of their nation. They have a suspended lawyer working for them also. So here's Nick's question. To me, this looks consistent with what Divergence is doing and seeking. Could we be active with Asmin and also be doing equity in the process with Divergence? Oh, absolutely. At some point here, mankind is going to wake up and say, hey, wait a minute, the corporations should not be in control. That's ridiculous. So there will be pods or groups or communities or assemblages of people all over the planet all kind of waking up at the same time doing similar things and trying to get the similar results. That's all of us waking up. That was all part of our DNA getting activated. But to answer the question more specifically, yes, I'm sure that these this group uh, be, being you know born on the land, of the land, really, at the end of the day, as long as we are expressing certain things, those certain things are consistent for every man and woman out there. If we look at our property interests, if we look at how to perfect things, if we know how to deal with a judge, we can accomplish a lot. And we can accomplish a lot very quickly. And if a whole bunch of us are doing it, you can see how fast this whole thing could turn around for us all. But no, there are many loved ones out there seeking a better system or justice, really, for themselves and their community because they're tired of the corruption. Next question from our big kahuna, who is just a valuable source of information on our chats. Thank you so much for that. Your question is, who is Christ? And he said, hint, it's not Jesus' last name. I'm going to suggest Christ is a, a consciousness. It's a state of being. It's whatever you're carrying around in your heart. It's going to have a direct influence over every second of your life, if you take it seriously enough. And ultimately, we are trying to talk about good things versus bad things. The teachings of Christ are, or the teachings of a, of a cleaner, higher vibration or consciousness, is trying to tell us to love each other and forgive each other of little mistakes and petty little things. There was a bigger problem that plagued us all, that we're all serving Satan. Should we be forgiving our neighbor and our brother for treating us badly because he's serving Satan? I would say yes. Should we have been forgiven for treating others badly because we were serving Satan or a corporation, your country? Again, Satan's all around us, but nobody know, nobody truly knows who Satan is. Next question is from Clint John. 
Now, this is a bit of a long-winded question, but we've got to lay some track here first. This is from page two of The Fruit from a Poisonous Tree. Among the powers of the state not surrendered, which powers, therefore, remain with the state, is the power to so regulate the relative rights and duties of all within its jurisdiction as to guard the public morals, the public safety, and the public health, as well as to promote the public convenience and the common good. It seems to me that the Supreme Court refers to the public here as though it were a group of living beings, or at least something of which we would want to be a part. I wonder how something that encompassing is the dead be moral and good and worth protecting. Hmm. Is it that the public is in a republic? Is worthy where the public of a democracy is not? So let's kind of crayon that a little bit for people. Yeah, it has to have a connotation or it has to have a flavor of reality to it. Otherwise, no one would be interested in that system at all. If it was that blatant, if it was that much of a showcasing of slavery in our face, this whole thing would fall apart overnight. So to maintain our confidence, they have to keep us tricked and they have to keep us living in this illusion or this imaginary thing. Remember, a person can be something that's imaginary. So as long as they can keep our imaginations entertained, we will continue to play this game. So how is this going to proceed with being moral and good and bad all mixed into one? It's because it's a filter. Throw everybody in together and let's see who can swim. Let's say let's see who can swim a long way. Let's see who can upgrade the program. Let's see who can do what? Clean it up. So again, the filtering process here or having all this stuff mixed together is an incredibly complex state of affairs. So whoever gets to navigate this stuff and overcome it and then come out and simplify it so others can do it, you can start to see the value of what it is we're all trying to do here. Okay, next question is from Victor. A question, when I engage in conversation with others about these complex aspects, almost everyone's first question is, yeah, but what about welfare, hospitals, roads? Who's going to fund all that if the taxes aren't applied to us? There's fees, taxes on everything that we buy, our cars, our gas. Um, how is this going to be funded moving forward, for instance? For road work, he said, along with trust fund dripping. So the entire private sector initially was designed to pay for all of these things. And I mean all of it. There is that much wealth in the background for the private individuals, the private nationals. Once they access that wealth, there is no shortage of zeros. We could pave the roads in Pearl if we wanted to. Point being, we can actually now go build as many schools, hospitals, roads, uh, uh, home, homeless shelters, everything we need. We have a lot of people, a lot of manpower. We can get a lot of stuff done very quickly. So the point was getting into a position where you were able to do those things. This is what those entitlement orders were all about. Entitlement orders are very, very important. They're, they are the the master 
saying what he or she wants done. And now the servants of the master say, okay, we'll go build that school for you right there. Who would you like to hire to design it? And now, now the rest just becomes simple. So now, again, this is based on one child of God's inheritance, one birthright being put through the system or being processed or converted. One of us has enough wealth to fix literally the entire planet for everybody. If you did it smart, it could be done. Now imagine when there's 10 of us doing it, or 100 of us doing it, or 100,000 of us doing it. You see how, again, we can get a lot accomplished very quickly. So the taxes do not get increased when we come online. As a matter of fact, when we come online and start paying for everything, taxes go down. Why? Because now they don't have to raise taxes to build that school. Some private philanthropist over there just donated the $100 million to build that school. So now the community gets a brand new shiny shoe of a school, but the taxes don't go up to pay for it. And then boom, whoops, now a big highway program is just starting being built. And oops, now they're building a subway system. And oops, here's a whole bunch of electric cars for the city. Oh, now we've done something with the drinking water and so on. Okay, Big Kahuna, we've been working with you in the past on doing some forms. Now, you are quoting Darren saying a post about having to create a trove of notices, proclamations, petitions, affidavits, these kinds of things. He has a few questions on some of them. So, when it comes to a notice, what and to whom are we sending this? The notice would be to, let's see here, It depending on where I, th where I think you're going with this one. Notice is to the public that a private transaction is about to take place. And on such and such a date, certain estate interests are going to be converted. There's a new debtor in town. And because a petition has been filed in court, the court now must advertise this in the local newspaper or the Gazette, which is international, really. That notice now goes out to the legal world saying Johnny Q is about to either wind up his estate or close his Sedeke trust account or transfer security interest to his security accounts. However the judge wants to word it, they will actually formulate that for us. And some of this is actually described in the Unclaimed Property Act here in British Columbia as to what some of the advertising requirements are. So if you wanted to do the judge a favor or the master a favor and say, look, I've already done this much, if this is of any value to you, proceed with it. So again, this is where a man or woman being able to manage their affairs would do anything they could to make the job for the next man or woman to be that much more organized or that much easier to deal with. Or when you're doing it in good faith and good conscience, it's just, it's just cleaner. When it's cleaner, it's easier to deal with. And when it's easier to deal with, the faster the remedy will come for all of us. So as much legwork and, and in terms of the documentation, I would rather just furnish the master with a whole bunch of stuff rather than the master get back to you and say, okay, now I need this, 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 that, and the other. To me, that would feel like, well, I just missed half of what I needed. Some people would be satisfied with that. I used to be satisfied with that when I was in high school. I did a very good job when my grade average, average was about 46%. I just failed enough to prove a point. Okay, so Big Huna, you do have quite a 
few questions pertaining to remedy. Um, we're going to reserve those questions for when we get to that section of our courses. Uh, for now, we're going to keep moving on with a little bit more crayon questions. You do have another question, though, pertaining to the Pope and how he's no longer involved in equity as of Biden's recent trip to the Vatican and when he to ask for money. If this is so, what does this mean for us coming forward with equitable claims? Uh, yeah, for the Pope not to be dealing in equity anymore, that could mean a couple of things. Then maybe someone has taken his place, and that person or that individual is now dealing in equity. Biden's influence here, again, that's a, that's a bit of a, an interesting side note. Although the character in office does not completely reflect the mandate of the office. The office has its own agenda. The puppet up front or on stage is only just parroting or giving voice to what that office is actually trying to do or accomplish. Now, the White House, uh, I was just having a conversation with my brother not that long ago regarding all these container ships that are out in the middle of the ocean just outside of ports all over the world. Well, apparently, a lot of these, most of these container ships are from China. So something's happening with China where trade things are getting turned on or off, so to speak, and they're allowing certain ships to come in and unload, but not others. So Biden didn't strike me as the type of guy that was going to start to do things that were defiant to China, although here we are. So again, Biden being a puppet up front, the office is going to still execute its, its mandate, which at the end of the day should have an equitable interest at the end of that week. And this is where Trump, I feel, was uh, still and is committed at an equitable level to cleaning up this planet and everything that we're trying to do. And this is where divergence can help. When we start coming forward, pledging our interests, again, the forefathers of the United States pledged their, their fortunes. Their fortunes, they were also describing their birthrights. A lot of these gentlemen had access to their accounts or their their ability to extinguish debt, so to speak. They gained uh, such influential uh, regard through monetary gain, uh, philanthropy, uh, discoveries, science, things of this nature, that these men were distinguished. And these men get together to pledge everything they got to create something better than what England had. So this is a very important piece of history here, where, again, the United States was founded as a republic, not as a democracy, and it was founded using equitable doctrines and principles. The Declaration of Independence itself is a chancery document. And they said in that document, this is founded as a republic if you can keep it that way. And about 10 or 15 or 20 years later, oh, no, it's already been converted back to a democracy. So there, that's how long it took for them to lose what so many had invested in. Okay, so one of our loved ones, Judy, has a question. She says that when she always gets asked when she talks about this, how do I get out of the current system then? She's like, I'd like a crayon bullet form system as far as what I say to others. Okay, how do you get out of the system? First bullet point there would be, okay, let's understand quickly what the system is. And this is what Crayon School is doing. The system is this. A bunch of bankers and politicians from ancient times, 
came up came up with an idea to enslave all of the inhabitants of earth. Scripture talks about this, but we don't really need to get into that right now. So this system is neutral. In order for this system to actually work, it had to have an A side and a B side. It couldn't have just one. It actually had to have door number one and door number two for this game to be fair. If the game wasn't fair, they wouldn't be allowed to use it. So they did, they being the people who put this whole system together, they did a fantastic job at hiding door number two. It's like they put wallpaper right over that door and now nobody even knows there's a door there. So everybody now goes to door number one. They have created what's behind door number one. It's a whole world. They've spent thousands of years putting this world together. A lot of it is good, but more of it is bad than we, we could have ever imagined. So everybody walked into door number one, and then they never looked back. They were happy enough with door number one to never go looking for the possibility of door number two. Well, as time went on, things started happening in, in behind door number one that a lot of people weren't happy with a lot of stuff. And a lot of people started looking for another door or a way out. Because we were born with this feeling that there is a way out if you're not happy. We were born with such beautiful powers that we could literally change our future if we wanted to. We could actually get so involved with our day-to-day -day lives, we could help control what happens to us. But the people that put this system together never wanted us to get good at using our superpowers. Because once we all turned into superheroes, they couldn't control us anymore and we would take over. And now we would want to hold them accountable and we would want to have complete justice for any of, any of these people that were doing wrong unto all these other loving, trusting people. So in order to protect themselves, the people that put the system together made it very complicated for us to leave. Very complicated to find door number two. And now even more so, because as Judy mentioned, a lot of her friends and family are up against getting things put into their body and how they can remove themselves from the system with not putting that into their bodies. Yeah, so this is where... We need to get these people to believe, hey, if you don't want to play that game anymore, you have to hit the eject button. you gotta, you got to put up your hand and say, I don't want to play this game anymore. And I would like to do something about it. And they, once they have that change, or once they have that desire, now we can actually help them. Because until they want to leave, they're still stuck in room number one, or what's behind door number one, and they're happy there. And they might want to leave, and as Judy mentioned, but they, many of them have to keep a roof over their family's heads. And that's the thing. That's then the place. That's, and again, this the is... The role then. Yeah, this is where, you know, they're going to... Hopefully they've socked enough resources away so that they could live without getting that thing stuck into their body for, let's say, another 30, 60, 90, maybe even another 120 days. Because in that time frame is when everything is going to change. Namely, there's going to be enough of us doing what we're doing who access 
all that incredible wealth because we're entitled to do it because we showed up with clean hands and without sin. Our creator in heaven said, once my children figure that out, let the milk and honey flow. Okay, so now every, we can literally start putting advertisements up all over the world. Do not get that thing stuck in your arm. If you can prove to us you haven't gotten that thing stuck in your arm, we will help pay for your life. What do you need? Come be a part of what we do. Let us help you. What do you need? You need $1,000 worth of food a month. You need a car. You need whatever it is. This is how we build our nation. This is how we build our country. This is how we build and restore the kingdom of God. All of us coming together, pledging our fortunes, and trust me, loved ones, they're big. It doesn't take a million of us to pledge our fortunes to absolutely stop poverty. I think we can do it with 12. I literally think we can do it with one. But again, that's a bit of a stretch. Let's let's burden 12 others with the joy of being able to put poverty to and, rest. And when we talk, we've heard of the Nisera and the Jisera as well. And, you know, our intentions, divergence, is if people are registered for our wisdom system and are learning how to align themselves with the frequency of equity and what that means that they would absolutely get a drip from their estate. Why, why would they not? And the more that they go through our wisdom system, the more money they get. We will pay you to learn. So be it. No problem. We'll create that space. And you can have that ability. To, where a father doesn't have to go and work three jobs anymore. He can stay at home with his family and learn what he needs to learn to be able to get his family through and out of this enslavement. And yeah, so this is where, you know, we are excited about what it is we're doing because I know how close we are. Again, we just had a registrar in court two days ago that said to one of our loved ones, you know, once you do this, there's no going back. And he was negotiating a perfected birth certificate at the courthouse counter. She accepted it, almost like at the bank. So big things are about to happen here very soon. So I would encourage those people do whatever they can to stay away from getting that thing stuck in their body and that little squirt of juice that they're going to shoot into you and then say you need another one in two weeks and another one and another one. Stop. Do whatever it is you need to do. If you need to quit your job, do it. Do your best to survive. Don't get that thing. We are trying to work as fast as we can in the background to acquire our funding to get everything we need to help as many people as fast as we can. That's the whole project that's the whole direction of what it is we're trying to do and trust me loved ones as soon as one of us does it you can better you better believe it that there's another hundred right behind that first one question is whether you are on that list of a hundred or not are you doing the work are you putting in your input are you willing to invest your certificate i don't even want to call it your certificate are you this is what it comes down to are you willing to invest that certificate back into the state from which it came. It's just like Lord of the Rings. Frodo had to give that ring back to the fire. If you're not willing to take that birth certificate and do something with it, that may feel abnormal. That may feel, oh my God, I've never heard of this before. If you're not willing to take that step and try something like that, then you're not quite ready for this program. Some people want to stay in the Shire. They just want to stay in with their blinders on and just live their little lives. They don't want to go through what it takes to do the journey to get to the mountain. And you know what? That's fine because look at the journey. That journey, only Frodo could do it. 
if you look back at the incredible burden that character took on to get to Mount Mordor. You know, you notice how Mount Mordor and Mortmain and Mortgage, there's a whole thing there, right? A morphine. Yeah, like there's there's death, there's a lot of death right there, which we're talking about on Monday's program. Mortgages and stuff. So, but anyway, to get back to the question, yeah, it's, uh, you're going to want to get your knowledge going as quick as you can so that you can stand in court or if the judge calls you on the phone and says, is this Susie Q? You know exactly what to say. And it doesn't need to be 45 pages of stuff. We're going to boil this down so that it's just a few sentences, a couple of sentences at a time. You might have to do it two or three times, say something, and that's it. You'll convince the judge enough. And so, Judy, tell your friends where do you they start Kinder Garden Crayon Version. They need to know what they're talking about. They need to know the vocabulary of this. And this is exactly what we're doing, is we're laying all the groundwork, all the foundation, so when this bus open, we're all ready. Gareth, next question. Is the goal to surrender the person and completely have nothing to do with it from now on? Uh, the goal is to surrender it because, again, we're all operating under military doctrine in the position in action, which means you're literally at war. So the first thing we got to do is to not be an enemy, is to surrender. As soon as you wave that white flag, they must treat you different. They have to. There's all types of laws that say when you surrender, they're not allowed to walk up to you now and still shoot you. Wrong. There are codes for this. There are rules to this game. So now, now you're in a neutral position. And there's actually something called a neutral person. If you want to do a little bit of digging on that one, go ahead. What's that suggesting? It's suggesting you're not in park, you're not in drive, you're not in reverse. You're in neutral. So this means you've got some options. This means you can go some directions. Let's just pretend you were in reverse. Everything you've been doing your whole life has been backwards. No wonder nothing makes sense. You want to you want to go left so you steer left, but the car goes right. This whole world has been turned upside down and inside out. Legally on done on purpose to keep us confused. Once we're no longer confused with enough wisdom and enough exposure to our crayon program, we're going to start to unravel our brains, our minds. We're going to start to let in some new options. And now we're going to be able to do something with another option. The other option is, like we were suggesting, hey, so leaving the system is this. The man or woman steps off the game board, but the game piece stays on the game board. Somebody else now drives that boot around. Somebody else now puts that shoe on. That is the new trustee. They're the ones now stuck playing the game. We just subrogated with them. We just changed positions. We used to be on the game board, and they were up in the bleachers or up in the stands or in the audience watching us like a video game. Now we get to go sit up in the audience and watch them like a video game. This is what subrogation means. We literally just changed our seating. Where we were before, we are no longer there now. Those new players or those new, those new persons using your car or your boot, they're now liable for it. This shiny new, new shoe was made better. They get to now wear that shoe. This shoe actually is special. They can do all kinds of magical things with this special shoe. And I'm talking some big stuff. Life-changing stuff. So once you start on this trail or on this path, 
you will find it will be frustrating when you're not on this path. That's your little signal to get back into your lane. Keep thinking about equity. Keep thinking about peace. Get your breathing rechecked. Leave that legal system in your mind. If that means you've got to leave your job here pretty soon, prepare for that now. But just know this. There are loving people in the background who are doing everything they can as fast as they can to help you. But that doesn't mean you sit on your ass on the couch and do nothing. Nope. But I don't think you're going to sit on the ass and do the couch thing because you're a little bit scared. You're a little bit you're a little bit worried. You got to you feel like you've got to do something and we can work with that energy. This is where we have 25 of us or or 250 of us eventually and so on doing these processes that are getting our results to a judge rather quickly. Again, you can bring this process or this stuff to a judge under urgent conditions, which means that a judge is going to call you probably within 24 hours and say, okay, what's the problem? And as long as you did your paperwork correctly, he's going to know there's not a problem. As a matter of fact, you're coming to the judge and say, hey, look, I'm fixing a problem. And the judge is literally saying, well, congratulations, we've been expecting you. Now the judge is your friend. And now he might ask you another question. What is the exact remedy that you're seeking? Well, Your Honor, based on the securities perfected in nature, submitted unto your office for your care and control, I desire an injunction to be issued out of this honorable court. He might say, well, well, who's the injunction for? You can say, well, the injunction is to restrain anybody from expressing an interest in my affairs. That literally means the crown. He's now going to block the crown from interfering in your life. And that's absolutely fine. The crown cannot interfere in your life because now you just took the crown. Next question is from Isabel. First of all, is it possible to go through the whole process of perfecting your security agreement and reclaiming your natural rights without going to court? Or is it necessary to go to establish your standing? I'm going to say we establish our standing first in our paperwork. And the words coming out of our mouth, that indicates who and where and what you're doing. Now again, we're going to avoid anything that sounds like a lunatic or anything that sounds like a a free man or, or, or a sovereign citizen, stay away from all of that. As a matter of fact, you never hear me use that word, free man or sovereign citizen. So, okay, so there's just a side, side note, stay away from that stuff. Now, is going to court the best option? I'm still going to say yes, because the courts are waiting for us. The courts are there to administrate complete justice. Once you're in the proper court, Equity will take jurisdiction to avoid a multiplicity of suits, which means they want to deal with all the problems all at once, which means you can bring them a lot of problems. You, they will deal with everything real quick because, again, they know what you're going to be complaining about. They're ready for us. Once we're there and we get our status changed or the record gets upgraded in the background, maybe the record turns into a whole new agreement Maybe new trustees are appointed to do the dirty work so that you can go now enjoy life and spread the gospel of the teachings and have access to incredible wealth to go work little miracles, even greater than Christ did. 
There. That's part of the remedy I'm seeking. Your Honor, I, I need my dominion back. Because I was charged with a duty. I was charged to go do those miracles. I'm supposed to fix the garden. I'm supposed to mend the gates and restore the kingdom. And Your Honor, that's going to take a lot of wealth. And I'm going to need a lot of people to help me. And I'm going to need a lot of equipment. Because I got some pretty big ass plans. So you can see how it's not going to take, again, millions of us to do this. There's probably enough people on this specific chat to get the job done right here. We probably don't need any more. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> and interesting, you talked about once you change your status, because Isabel's next question was, is can you declare yourself a king or queen from the start? Absolutely. That's the problem. We never did declare ourselves a king or queen from the start, or our mom and dad didn't. They dropped the ball there, and then we got declared to be a dead thing instead. Wow. So you see the difference in perspectives? Talk about the extreme polarity differences. And how common is it now to get access to your white passport after you do the process? We still haven't followed up with the white passport process. We've, you know, we've been digging and doing the court stuff um, and getting uh, administration agreements worked on. But really, they're still waiting for proper proof of security entitlements. We had Jody, for example, her passport got put on hold. We expressed a special interest in it. They got back to us with an answer saying that passport does not exist. It's not even in our it's not even in our system. Well, how can it not be in her system when Jody's holding it in her hand? So for the passport people to say that that passport does, does not exist, something happened. That means something has already happened, and they already honored our request. Now, okay, so now she's in limbo. She's fifty percent there, and now they're just waiting for proof of security entitlement, which to me is going to be a court order. A judge stating or a judge's handwritten order saying that Isabel is entitled to a white passport because she perfected her security interests. She gave them to me so I could deliver them to the proper party. And now we have all the proper mechanism in the background working for her. Boom. Until you get an order or a decree saying something like that, passport people aren't going to budge. But they're on standby. And again, the budge or the push or the shove or the boulder flying off the edge of the cliff can happen very quickly. It can happen under what we call urgent conditions. And while I'm talking about urgent conditions, loved ones, let me just talk about this real quick. Every courthouse, in every court, in every city, in every country in the world right now, has an urgent process. This process does not play by the normal court rules or time frames. You just jumped into a special game that does not use any old game rules or process. That means it's open for interpretation. That means you just jumped into a situation where if you know how to call the shots, if you know how to exercise your power, you can do a lot of things very quickly. There's nothing in your way. Get there quickly. Get there under urgent conditions. Why is this urgent? Well, this is literally a matter of life and death. Is it not? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, and final question from Rob Scott, who said that he's heard of a process where you can use the court to ask questions. He says, I'm not exactly sure what it's called, maybe filing and information. He said, anyway, 
one can access the court and ask the judge questions and they must answer. Have you ever heard of this or this process? Yeah, and the, on the equity side of the court, that's all going to be motions of discovery. Petitions for discovery. Hey, Your Honor, I got this and this. Does that does that mean that and that? The judge and the court literally has to answer you. Absolutely. Excellent. Okay, so thank you very much, loved ones, for all of your questions. Um, this is actually a bonus recording that we are doing um, for all of the questions that we received this week for our crayon version, um, breaking down equity. So we will be posting this on our YouTube. If you would like your questions answered, please, you're welcome to join us on our classes and to post them in our Telegram chats as well. We're more than happy to answer them. Please clean questions, crayon them so that we can make this understandable for people coming into this of all levels. I was just going to say, yes, you know, I mean, we get statements and, and observations sent our way all the time suggesting, well, yeah, and this and this and this includes and that should be that and this and that. Yeah, we know. We're getting to all of that. We're just trying to be at the crayon level right now. Baby steps. Baby steps so that the seven-year-old, again, this still to me is too advanced for seven-year-olds. I haven't hung around a seven-year-old lately. I could be wrong. But point is, is that we're going to keep trying to simplify this and make this easier and, and create pictures in people's minds using games, movies, stories, experiences, first-hand knowledge, what happened when I submitted certain, certain paperwork, this and that of that nature. So again, we will be getting to the more technical stuff. I would rather take a whole bunch of people to the technical side rather than just have a few people over there who really, really understand this. I would rather have a broad base of people that have a, a really good grasp of what this is all entailing. And again, we appreciate all of your input. There's a lot of gold nuggets out there. We are not the only contributors to this. There are many loved ones in the past, present, and future who are playing an incredible role here and are contributing and adding to our collective energies that are helping us go where we all need to be going. And speaking of kinder gardening this, please, you know, we encourage you to start forming your language, parents, and explaining this to your children. See what questions they come up with. Those are the questions we want. Please give us those. I want to design a system where your nine-year-old actually gets to the finish line before you do. They're more in tune yeah. than parents. They should be <laughs> able to. This should resonate with them. So, you know, this is where we said start exercising your new vocabulary and bring it up in conversation and, you know, do your best to paint them pictures and, again, see what they, how they explain it or what they, what comes out of their yeah, mouths. Yeah, you actually have to live it. And, again, lead by example. If you're living a fearful life, your children and immediate family and the plants around you, your animals, everything, everything surrounding you can sense that. That's not the energy that the world needs right now. Put that aside. You, We all knew this was coming. There's been all kinds of things warning us for decades. So really, should any of this be a big surprise? No, not for anybody that's been paying attention. Okay, so how long have you been paying attention for? And what have you done with that time? If you feel like you're a little bit behind the, behind the eight ball and you haven't done enough, that's okay to be feeling like that because you can make a lot of progress very quickly here. And this, again, is why we're putting this in a presentation so that you can actually take 12 technical words, soften that down into 24 easy words, maybe even 48 crayon words. 
and all you need is 48 crayon words to get the job done. Are you interested? You could bring that little book into court with you. There you go. So that's what we're ultimately... little equity Bible. <laughs> that's what we're trying to do. Okay, loved ones, we have an extra special bonus here. There's a few questions that we had typed, but we wanted to put on audio for you. So speaking of loved ones, we have been getting some questions on getting the definition of what divergence feels around loved ones and why we use that term. So Darren, can you please explain that? Please? <laughs> um, loved ones is a term that should resonate with all of us who are on the path of being charitable and having a, a decent intent of life here. If we're not out to screw our neighbors over, if we're not out to do nefarious things, if we're not out to do harm unto others, everything we talk about should resonate with you by default. And if it doesn't, you might want to do a little bit of spiritual looking into yourself or something. I don't know, because I've taken my entire life, my brothers, uh, again, we grew up together, so there's some f almost 100 years worth of doing this stuff already just between the two of us. Point being, loved ones is a term that we came up with that describes anybody essentially following the truth movement who's interested in justice for all, who's interested in equality for all, who's interested in solving earth problems such as poverty and homelessness and healing this place because I'm embarrassed to say that I, I'm here. I look around and this is terrible. So point being, we had to take control. We had to step forward and do something about it. Those ones that did that are receiving extra rays of sunshine from Creator. Call that love, if you will. These individuals somehow know how to love themselves a little better than most people. They know how to love others better than most people. And they can return that love back to Creator in some kind of a fantastic cycle. That's why all these people are so motivated and so determined and, ho and so high, highly spirited about what it is we're doing. These loved ones are essentially, in my mind, and what we can see, these are the chosen ones. These were the ones that were sent here to offset all the negativity and all the evil that has plagued us since the beginning of time. And so loved ones, it's a term, it's a frequency, it's a calling. It's a term to describe anyone following the teacher, teachings of our older, wiser brother and his friends who already can feel love from our creator, love from others, including love of themselves. And that's something that we really teach here at Divergence is to make sure that you fill your own cup first. And unlike most, they are already on the path to something greater using their feelings and connection to source as their guide. And this is known as the first wave and the first to know what happiness truly is. Moving on to the second question we have from Big Kahuna. Can property that is registered be redeemed and returned to the private? Now, let's crayon that question. Basically, what he is asking is, if I have something that is available for the public to see, can I change its status so it's private? What's the crayon answer to that? Uh, yes, absolutely we can. Um, the whole point of redeeming something, that term or that word means that something looked like this over here and now it went through some transformation and now it looks completely different over there. It's no longer the same thing. Either it went for a bath and got all clean or it was clean and jumped in the dirt and now it's all filthy. One of the two things happened here. So everything literally is registered in the public. 
almost everything. Well, I can know everything is literally everything is now. Therefore, once we get that entitlement of being private, of being, hey, I'm not doing all that public stuff. I now have a special ability. I can identify anything belonging into a trust that was set up there for me to use because the crown can't pay me back my life. So now all they can do is let me use stuff. I don't own it. Let the crown own it. So. That was the red answer. So let me give you the crayon version. Can you make something that was once public, now private? Yes, you can. But you first need to separate it from the public. Now, how do you do this? Well, you have to express, say, or prove that you have an interest in it. Now, how do you do that? Well, with a description of the goods, the relationship to it, and how no one else can have it, and why it's yours. And you take that to a judge after you have put it on paper, then you go file it at land titles. And actually, land titles is part of the registration process and the part of the processing and recording of trusts, and believe it or not, your personal representative, which you asked to have appointed to you because your trust requires one. Your Honor, look, I found this trust and it requires a new trustee. Your Honor, check this out. This 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 trust over here is found wanting of a personal representative. Now this personal res representative can now literally do everything commercially that we would normally have done. It's now their job, their duty to do it. Next question, can an officer be a person? So we're going to crayon that question. What's being asked here is can a cop or an authority figure be a monster or act as a corporation? So we'll start with Darren's version first, please. Um, yeah, absolutely. Whenever there is um, uh, an oath to serve one capacity and now you swear another oath to serve another capacity, now you're a couple of oaths deep. Now at this point, the first mask you were wearing was bad enough. Now you're wearing another one on top of the first one. So you can kind of see how this compounds for those who choose to live this lifestyle. And which is why probably many of them, you know, had, had regrets of living that lifestyle. Um, they though, they're, you know, they're afforded uh, a better situation because literally this man or woman is occupying an office, literally with a desk and a chair and a little window. In a business or a corporation, they are an office holder. It's their name on the door to that office. It's their little space within the corporation, within the matrix. They get a little badge. Within the Borg. Makes them special. They get a little something, something that identifies them. So, absolutely. Um the officer is acting as a corporation twice. Okay, so let's talk about that. Because the next question was, is an officer with an oath a citizen? So let's kind of cray on that question. So is a cop or an authority figure who pledges his allegiance to his work also a public citizen? The crayon answer to this one is absolutely. Just like above, they're double oathed. They've sworn an allegiance to a country... And then they come along and swear extra oaths to serve extra specific roles and duties and characters on top of the first mask. So now some of these public figures are wearing 10 masks. 
How, Double dead. How, Ten times dead. How much can you trust these people acting in person? Now, again, don't get me wrong. There are those out there in the system that are trying to do good. Yes, I we know that. But the system is set up to not care about that. The system is right in the middle. It's what we choose to do. What we choose to act as. If you want to act as a servant for our Lord and God and all that kind of good stuff, you may want to just not do it in person. And the system loves that, though. The more masks they can put on you, the more titles... The more layers, the more distance from source. And look at that. See, now they got us wearing another mask. How many masks do we have to have? How many characters are we playing? See, they're trying to get us to change our image so that our image would literally constitute a record. And a record that's constituted incorrectly is not going to be in very good service to us. We better clean up our mess. Next question is from Jesse. So how do you remove the number you were assigned to for the game? Oh, sorry. Jesse actually asked, yeah, good question. How to also remove SIN number would be great too. So we kind of crayoned that and cleaned that question up a little bit to ask, how do you remove the number you were assigned to for the game of life? So the easiest way to remove something is to move it again. Remember, remove indicates that it was over there, but now somebody just moved it over here. And then we come along and we say, no, 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 wait, move it back, please. And they're like, oh, are you sure? And we're like, yes, look, we're going to stick something to you. We're going to attach something to you because you're another person playing the game. You're actually a person who was meant to play the game. You're actually a person who knows how to play the game because we don't. And you wait a minute, when I think about it, because you're a person of the game, doesn't that make you the game? And if you are removing your piece, your little contribution, your little identifier, your little avatar from the game, you must replace that person. That person just can't leave the game. That It's like taking a fish out of water. That person can only breathe in the legal system. So don't try to take it out. So if a new piece or a player needs to be assigned, we have to give it a new number. So let's suppose that you're the shoe in the game of Monopoly and you take that shoe back to the board masters, which are the judges, and you ask for a shoe shine and for the shoe to go back into the game, not you. You're no longer identifying as the shoe. You're no longer playing the game. So what do they do now? You've separated yourself. You've cut yourself off from this thing. You're no longer attached to it. Because here's the thing, loved ones. That name and all those numbers that were ever attached to that name, for example, the social insurance and the social security number, those, num those numbers can never be separated or removed. They, they are permanently attached. The only thing that should move here is our relationship to those two things or five things. You know, if you want to throw in the driver's license number and your medical number and all these other numbers that, that identify a person, again, we have to remove ourselves from that situation. We're no longer going to be the shoe. So we take the new shiny shoe and now we give it a new host. The new host becomes available from the game. That The game is actually now your ally and your friend and you control it. They, now, which is the game, wears the shoe. 
Hello, Subrogation, my favorite word. This new shiny shoe now enters the Matrix Monopoly game on your behalf, and it now wins every time, and no going to jail for you. No, so you can see what's happened here. You're no longer that little guy, that little piece running around on the board. You got to take a break. You got to go sit down, and you got to put in a new character into the game. And this new character has new managers and new and new systems behind it that will help it run and play the game so much more better than you ever could. Imagine we created a conflict and a problem. We we faulted the system when we put our hands up and we said, I desire or I wish to be liable for that number, for that monster. And they didn't want to let the monster out of the zoo. But you came along and said, no, I'm taking this one. I don't care what you say. So now we have to look at what happens to that person. And what happens to that person is, you know, we got to do some digging. we got to get our paperwork fixed. And once we do, these new managers take your little game piece. They go manage it for you. They can go do all kinds of things with it that you can't do. So let them go do the trustee job. And you're no longer an enemy of the state. You're not at war with them. So they don't attack you. You can move within the system and you are protected. Yeah, you, you were once hunted, but now you're protected. Get the new shiny shoe! So, at the end of the day here, what we really want to be doing is not be in the arena of the Monopoly game. We want to be up in the stands watching it. You're not the game. We're identifying as the shoe instead of making the shoe work for us yes. after we convert it. Okay, our next question is from Alicia Marie. First question I have is when I'm ready to go before a judge in the courts and make my requests, should I go before a local judge here in my city's courthouse or do I go before a Supreme Court and their judge? The easiest way to answer that is yes, go to your local court start at the localist most convenient level and work your way up now that that whole process ought to be or it is structured so that it will recognize our claims right away however in practical application of our process a lot of times we find that the clerks are either really easy to deal with or not at all so depending on what kind of mood they're in is going to really have an important impact on how you walk out of the courthouse that day. Um, this is why sending it by, in by mailing is also a very good thing to do, uh, especially with all the, the vid uh, protocols out there. You know, we're all so afraid to leave our home. Uh, I can only send out the mail and wait for my phone to ring to have a hearing. Well, how convenient is that? Because that's exactly how that this happens. So the local judge in your local court deals with property. And we can actually put in the paperwork where if there's no if the satisfaction is not to avail at this court we have no issue going to the federal court and bringing a similar claim but you know what your honor that would be a big waste of time when i believe that you can deal with all of this okay and uh, alicia's next question is is that do i need to bring paperwork on my day in court and if so what documents will I need to have ready to present or file? Um, to get the initial application, sorry, petition rolling, they want to see certain things. They want to see an affidavit. They want to see a cause of action. They want to see 
some of the legal remedy you're seeking and so forth. The easiest way to answer this one is we're going to go in with minimum. They have minimum requirements where if you just meet the minimums, all you have to do is have an affidavit that talks about certain things. You can have an affidavit where I have another certificate going on in the background here, but I'm not going to include that in this mailing. If you want to see that original, you'll let me know. So we can give them a little bit of a story. We can say, and your honor, on this date we did this, and on that date we did that, and then we attached a silver coin to a certificate, and then we did this, and then we did that. You know, you just kind of outline it in a bit of a menu format. And whatever documents that the judge wants to see, he will request them from you. That's the more proper way to do this. This way we keep everything streamlined in the beginning uh, without confusing things too much. So when you first go to court, again, like Darren mentioned, you don't have to do much, but we tell the judge we have a lot at home. Now, the judge is going to say, okay, well, show me this and show me that, and that's what Darren was referring to, and come back on this day to show me those things. This will give you time to prepare, to get more confidence, to get your ducks in a row. And done. Once you have done this, you've set yourself up for your first hearing. And upon that hearing... We're going to talk about that affidavit, special things attached to it, talk why we have a problem or conflict and why we should have the court fix our problem. Next question is for Jesse. So, personable people can't operate with other persons. Now, first of all, we're going to say wrong on that. Personal people can only operate with persons. Uh, Jesse's question, going to be honest, is a little bit choppy here. So please, Jesse, if we can get you to clean up your questions, that would be nice because we had to interpret this a little bit. Because he, began, he went on to say that as a truck driver in a large fleet is not an option, we would end up fired if driver's license was revoked for change of status. So the crayon version of this is... Yeah, personable people can't operate with other persons. Again, yes, people that are able to act as persons can only act with other persons. Once you're person able and you're stuck with it, you're stuck with it. That's why the that's why scripture talks about being hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. Be one or the other. If you try to stay in the middle there, if you want to be a little bit of a person and a little bit of a man or a woman, that's a tough spot to be in. So which is why we also recommend, you know, we don't need to do anything drastic until you are comfortable with some stuff. Because once we start submitting this paperwork and once we get this ball rolling, certain things start to happen. You don't get fired no more. Yeah. you you The, the man driving the truck in the story here, or the question, no, once this individual expresses the proper special private stuff regarding the background information that gets him his truck driver's license, he actually has a special truck driver's license. Not like any of his buddies don't have this type of license. It's an upgrade. It's a big upgrade. He can literally go do whatever he wants to do while he's driving a truck. He can't get pulled over for problems. He can't get this. He can't get that. You're waved through. You're waved You're through. You're special. You're special. It's like having that diplomatic immunity, although this is much better. Again, diplomatic immunity, that's a very legal term, and it is nothing close to a man or a woman restoring his dominion. Two different things. Okay, so next question is from Peter with uh, Christine S. 
Now, question number one, I see that there is a province or area-specific legal code added to the birth certificate, and I wonder if the U.S. has state-specific codes to reference. Can you crayon that, first of all, for people before you answer it? Um, yeah, this whole certificate doesn't really matter where it comes from in the world. It's going to have confusing things on it. It's going to have numbers on it. It's going to have dates. It's going to have barcodes. It's going to have other codes. It's going to have all kinds of stuff on it. There's a lot going on on these certificates. So really, this whole certificate, consider it to be just a code all by itself. This code is able to play with other codes when it is old enough. All states are rules by international banking laws and commercial trade agreements. As, as for a reference, uh, there are lots of specific numbers for specific things on each birth certificate. Each of these markers or each of these little parts or each of these little numbers form other little things and other little parts in other little places that start to come together that collectively create the monster. Remember how the monster was made up of a whole bunch of different pieces? Patches. Patches that come together to form a body, a corpse. Remember, that Frankenstein body was dead until the master scientist there somehow figured out how to get lightning to charge this thing. Well, now just imagine you are the bolt of lightning that charges this person every day. You put your life energy into this person when you put that mask on. So here's another interesting twist on Frankenstein, and this is why I like to use Frankenstein as an example here. Mary Shelley, the woman who wrote the book about Frankenstein, as far as I can recollect, her mother and father were both prominent members in the banking community and the legal community. So when you've got a Top Gun banker as a dad and a Top Gun lawyer as a mother, this Mary Shelley knew stuff. She knew what the person was. She knew what the human monster is. She knew how we were going to be slaved later. So she's trying to tell us a story way back then. And nobody knew what Frankenstein was all about. Okay, so our next question. I was delivered at home by my father and he signed as father and as doctor. Two times on my, on my COLB, which is Certificate of Live Birth, and my name is an upper and lower case. Does this make any difference in the process as both of my kids and wife have their name in all uppercase format? Uh, the quick answer here is no, it makes no difference. They've taken a name and they've attached a number to it. Really, at the, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how they style that name. If it's in proper styling, for example, capital T, lowercase o, lowercase m, versus capital T, capital O, capital M, they've attached a name to a number. That's the important transaction to recognize and remember here. So it doesn't matter how you spell that name, how you say it, doesn't matter. That's, we talk about the all caps name because, yes, that's usually the big identifier, yeah. but if your birth certificate doesn't have all caps, that doesn't it, mean it doesn't, you're not in the game. No, absolutely. They've just, again, I... I've come across that over a dozen times now, and again, it's just it, part of processing. It, I wouldn't suggest it's an error. I, I wouldn't suggest it gives you extra special superpowers. You know, nothing like that. No, it's still uh, it's still the token identifying your player for the game. Okay, so moving on now. If 
I am to use my certificate of live birth, it is full all the way to the bottom. So would I be writing the verbiage directly over there, theirs or should I be using another space that is open? Okay, I suggest here, if you can, use the back side of the document. Typically, it's blank. This provides for lots of room. Why is it blank, Darren? This is known as the private side. The face of the document is always the public side. The back side is the private. And how do we know this? Well, our other colleague there in the United States, a good friend of ours, had a student, was the recipient of a decree. A judge in chambers wrote this gentleman a decree in purple ink, all lowercase lettering, and on the back side of the document. Fourteen pages of it. Not a single capital letter. That's coming from a judge's chambers, straight up talking about equity, straight up being private, straight up following the rules. That's a very interesting story. Okay, loved ones, and our last question for the evening, as our bonus questions we noticed on our Telegram chat, we had a few gentlemen asking about King School. With all this Queen School talk, uh, the gentlemen in the groups are looking for this form of education, so, and wisdom. So, Darren, can you shed some light on when and if that will happen? I think the easiest way to determine whether King School is validly looked at as a as a thing we should procure, is anyone interested in such a thing, perhaps they should attend a Queen's School or two or three. As a benchmark, as shedding some light and clarity on what it is our Queens are doing. And literally, that could be just watching one of the episodes. I'm not suggesting they would have to be in a live event, because every single episode is incredible in itself. And it's standalone by itself. That could be a part of a, a way to prove whether a man is serious about doing such a thing or not. It helps a man identify with the woman because there are openings of communication. There are openings of understanding. There are openings of connectivity that really it creates a whole new space between the man and the woman. So if those things are used in his personal life and he actually starts to see changes for the better, you know, I think that this would be a fantastic way to see if a man is worthy of King's School. Because, you know, we seem to be skipping Princess and Prince School. So maybe there should be some other qualifiers here in the middle before we just jump right into the best of the best. Maybe we got to prove ourselves a little bit. I know I've had to. I know I do every day. And these queens certainly do. You're party to it right now. And when you watch some of the episodes, and if you were to start to compare yourself to see if you'd be able to even do what they're doing, you know, I think that might be a cool way to do it. Okay, what a wonderful way to end this session. So thank you, loved ones. And we will see you next time for our question and answers. If you have any additional ones to these um, questions that we answered, please add them to our chat platforms. Thank you. Bye now.